0: <clears throat> some weeks ago, in fact it was a month ago, I started on looking at God, God's long-suffering. It was at the Lord's Table a month ago <laughs> with different things that have happened. We've done two sermons on that, but different things have happened. We're back there today. We're looking at the attributes of God, remember. We started looking at doctrine. We looked at God. We're looking at God first, and then we'll move on. Uh, to other doctrines and this could take a while (laughs) because that's what the Bible is a book of teaching, a book to instruct us a book to know how to be saved and how we know (laughs) we're going to heaven and what heaven's like it's teaching throughout. So we go back to the thought of God being long-suffering. We've looked at the Saviour's long-suffering and forbearance in Israel. We've looked at God's long-suffering in the day before, days before Israel, in Noah's day, remember? In that day in 1 Peter 3, it tells us that he was long-suffering, waiting for people to turn to him and believe. You say, well, they didn't have the Bible back then, but they had the revelation of God. He personally spoke to Adam and others Enoch Methuselah and things the words given in the Bible that we have of the record they had a record they knew who God was and it was only 1,600 years that's like you know 400 years ago in church history the church had gone 1,600 years they knew and there's no reason for them not to believe and respect and honour the Lord but they didn't And he had to wipe the face of the earth clean of humans because of the wickedness of their heart. And the longer he waited, the more they didn't believe. We looked at uh, the point last time we were together that there is no remedy. It gets to a point of no remedy. And uh, it used to be our courts got to the point this person cannot be released. It seems they're releasing a lot of people today early, but not, there's no remedy. God said there's no remedy for mankind when it has gone so far down and so dishonouring to him that he says, no remedy but one, judgment. We're there again in this world. I think we see it beginning. No remedy but judgment, for people will not turn to the Lord. I heard one pastor with all that's going on in the Middle East and that say that <clears throat> 80% of the people that go to church are not saved because of their reaction to this whole situation. They never talk about it. And they'll stand up for the wrong side, shout for the wrong team. And we see in our streets, in the Western world, hundreds of thousands of people gathering to protest against the invasion of Gaza. And it seems our government lets it happen. And it's... What about the millions of others in our country? The silent majority. that don't believe this should be happening. It's sad, isn't it? But one day, the Lord will intervene. And they will see his power. They'll see his hand. And even those that are fighting against truth now, (coughs) many... We'll turn to him. Praise God for his long-suffering. But he has to bring some hard things upon us. The, the sin is slighting God and his long-suffering is what we're looking at this morning. And last time we closed by looking at Romans chapter 2. And we'll turn back there. We have first of all this morning God's warning to Gentiles who reject his long-suffering in this, this portion. let's just read it and make some comments to remo- refresh our minds in verse four of chapter two, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness, goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Brother Murray's testimony. <laughs> 50 years God was long suffering wasn't he 50 years he waited aren't you glad that God is long suffering and he did in Brother Murray's maybe in your case you got saved later in life that's a a very odd thing to happen for a person to get saved the older they get the harder they grow but praise God he's long suffering and not knowing that the goodness of God ledeth thee to repentance, but after thy hardness and impetent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. I remember Willie Mullen, I think we quoted him last week. <laughs> Willie Mullen, Mullen was talking about this verse. I've still got the series on Romans he preached. I don't know if it works real to real. But it's. <clears throat> he was saying, it's like... As time goes on, there's a there's a bucket there, it's God's wrath. And the the tap is dripping, one drip at a time. But the bucket will full, fill one day, and then it will be poured out of the judgment of God. And the revelation of the righteous judgment of God will be seen. All those people, I don't care how powerful they are and what politish political stance they have. All around the world will face the judgment of God. And when you see what a lot of people do and what heads of nations do these days, you, you, you think, well, you wouldn't want to be in their shoes if they don't repent. Who will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patience continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, that is the righteous people, for those that seek the Lord and are saved by him, it says eternal life. But, in verse 8, to them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteous unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. That's what's going to fall upon them. Unrighteous people, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doth evil, To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. But glory, honour and peace. The Jew first. Is the Jews still a nation? Do they still exist? Well, we've been reminded of that. But judgment has to lead them one day soon to repentance. Terrible judgment. Terrible judgment as you read in the book of Revelation and other portions in the Old Testament that will bring them to repentance. God is long-suffering. He's put up with that rebellion of those for, for 2,000 years as they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, as was mentioned earlier, <clears throat> and also to the Gentile. But glory, honour, and peace to every man that worketh good of the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Aren't you glad that's there for us as Christians? Glory, honour, and peace to those who that work righteousness that are righteous by the blood of Christ so the sinner slighting God's goodness basically talking to the church but to Jew and Gentile and main emphasis Gentiles we've had God's grace being shown to us for a long time and praise God there are saved people around the world that stand for truth and there are some in churches more in one church and I'll I'll quote Lorna McCauley when she first came to church to visit here after leaving uh, the Baptist Church in Wodonga or being told to leave because they had conservative values they didn't want them there and they objected about things so they told to leave they came here and she said after a service she said This is where I belong. (laughs) This is where there are more Christians than in most churches. She didn't say everybody's a Christian that comes here, but there's more Christians. That's what she said. She quoted. And um, I think she made a right observation. And at the time, there was the biblical fundamentalist being printed. You know that paper that came down from Good Shepherd Church? And it it, it was sitting at the door there, and she looked at it. And it clicked with a that's what I am (laughs) I'm a fundamentalist I believe the Bible and she took it and read it and read many more so praise God that there are those among us majority who are going to heaven I pray that all of you are that we have believed on the Lord Jesus and trusted his sacrifice for our sins and come to faith that we can remember the Lord this morning in what he's done, let's turn now to Hebrews, <coughs> the book of Hebrews. We'll start with chapter two. Well, that was the introduction, really. That was a first brief point. <laughs> let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word, may it be powerful in our hearts and lives, and that we might be assured of our salvation. And Lord, that we'd warn those that are taking their time to repent. For your long suffering runs out and judgment follows. Bless the word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Here is God's warning to believing Jews. The book of Hebrews. What do we call that nation over there? We call it Israel, but we call them Hebrews. And this is a warning to those in about thirty-four years into church the church's existence, the book of Hebrews was written. And in this book, <clears throat> up to this point or up to chapter ten, you have four warnings to the Hebrew Christians. Hebrews chapter two verses one to four reads, For therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. See verse 4. If charismatic people got that, they would drop what they 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 spouse. The signs and wonders were given to verify the gospel. But how shall we escape if we neglect salvation? And so great salvation hits here. The careless Christian started to drift through neglect. Now I know because I'm older. It's easy to drift. Well, I know the Bible. I've read it so many times and. You know, and, and we start to let the truth of God slip. Don't let that happen. We drift. We drift through neglect. <clears throat> Jill and I were on our honeymoon and we'd gone to the coast and we are coming back down through Lake's entrance and we got in a little putt-putt boat. I think she could remember it. And onto the lakes, Lake's entrance. And uh, they just said, here, here it is, here give you the money. And off we went. And we went out the lakes, we went east, we went west. <clears throat> and then we were going along, and it's just a putt, 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 putt like this. And I thought, hmm, it's not going to go very far fast. But it started going faster and faster. I wasn't clued in yet with OSHA. never, never been... <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever been on a boat. <laughs> anyway... <clears throat> the accelerator was one end down there and the steering wheel was at the other end so you couldn't operate it on your own. Let's just set the revs and we're going along and we went through a exit of that lake into the next and then we just started going sideways because that's where the entrance to the ocean was and the the current was going out. <laughs> and we, oh, I could realize straight away and so I think Jill steered and I tried to get more revs out of the engine to turn it upstream well it was upstream we were drifting and I know of people that used to come to this church that went out that entrance and they, they're they fortunate to be alive and we only had, that was a powerful engine they had we mm-hmm. had one of these you know as Christians we can start drifting and don't know it going along with the current of the world getting the ideas of the world and the concepts of the world and the practices of the world in our life, and God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to hold the truth, lest we should let them slip. The second warning we might just get through the four warnings today instead of <laughs> chapter 10, but it's in chapter 3 and verse 7. There, <clears throat> uh, we survived <laughs> that ordeal. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> But we went way out into the lake, and when we came back, I was very cautious not to go that way, but by that time the tide was coming back in. (laughs) And we drifted fast toward our destination, back back to the dock. But here in chapter 3 and verse 7 of uh, the book of Hebrews, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you'll hear his voice. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation of the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always error in their heart, have not known my ways. The second warning here begins there and goes to verse 13 of chapter 4. <clears throat> they begin to doubt the word, just like the people in the wilderness, just like their relatives way back, generations earlier, who were in the wilderness, coming out of Egypt. We start doubting. Any doubts? Have you got any doubts? Do you have doubts come into your heart and mind? Well, I don't know if that's altogether true. You know, these philosophers and teachers and the the, the news reporters, they must be wise people. They've been to university. (laughs) Uh, Right. They've been indoctrinated with what? (laughs) these days why do we have what we have in our society why do we have the ABC (laughs) you know our country our country would be better off without it would it not for their their bad bias reporting it's just not good but people will start doubting because these doubts come in who who plants them the old devil wants to plant the doubts about does God really exist is it is it all real what he says in his word and this Hebrews was beginning to do the writer of Hebrews was aware of what was going on amongst Hebrew Christians they started drifting they started doubting and then chapter 5 chapter 5 and verse 11 (coughs) we read there of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered it's getting harder to talk to these Hebrew Christians they're not receptive anymore they sit in the pew of the synagogue, the church, I mean. <laughs> Maybe they were meeting in a synagogue for a building's sake. But <clears throat> they're du- They're what? What does it say there? Seeing ye are dull of hearing. Yeah. Dull of hearing. they ears to hear, but they don't hear. they got eyes to see, but they don't see. Just like their forefathers, they, these Christians, or people that called themselves Christians, were becoming Dull. Dull toward the Word of God. Now, see if you're dull toward the Word of God. Don't put your hand up. We don't want confessions. (laughs) Who read the Word of God every day this week? Praise God if you did. But if you didn't, you know what you could be coming? Dull of hearing because you're doubting and you're drifting don't do it because we could end up where these Hebrews were as we get to chapter 10 is the fourth warning in chapter 10 and verse 26 you have this warning that was read earlier for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. As the writer was writing Hebrews, he was getting more and more and more and more serious in these four warnings. Here, the Hebrew Christians, he's putting dittos on Christians now, I think, they deliberately despised their spiritual Heritage, willfully chose to do that do we know people that once were excited and in church and enthusiastic and reading the Bible and witnessing maybe it's describing me but are no longer doing it this is the warnings given to them God is a long-suffering God but he'll only let it go so long in our lives Notice this, this fourth passage of warning to the Hebrews. <clears throat> deliberate, Their deliberate reprobation. It says in verse 26, For if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. The sacrifice of Christ doesn't cover those that do not believe and walk away from it. Some people say that this is a person that was saved and is lost. You're yeah, right, good. I can't get a response. No, that can't happen. Huh? I heard someone say, was that? <laughs> that was a mum. She does that in evening class too. But um, no, that's not right. It can't be speaking to them because that doesn't happen. You can't be saved and lost, can you? You can be lost and saved, not the other way around. Others say, well, it's a safe person that's backslidden. Pretty far backslidden according to these verses some say this is a hypothetical situation that, that, that the writer is putting and there's a fourth one these are professors but not possessors. i think i fall there these are prof- they profess to be saved they come along to church they even read their bibles now and then and they might be c of E, not church of england christmas and easter christians you know they go along to church and and appease their conscience by going along now and then and this is talking about a deliberate reprobation a reprobate is one who was not saved not going to heaven there's a deliberate sin in verse 26 willful and a damning sin there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin there's nothing that will cover their sin unless they believe the one and only Lord Jesus Christ there's a dire result in verse 27. <clears throat> and it says, But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. So you have the Old Testament sin against God's government, the Old Testament that was given there. They despised Moses' law, they died without mercy. Capital punishment. Anyway, that's what you're looking at here in Israel. And uh, they died without... And a son that was a disobedient to his parents, the parents were to bring the son, this is just one instance, to the, to the religious and legal authorities, and they were to stone him to death. That would take something. Today we have parents justifying the sin, Christian parents justifying the sin of their children... They don't bring him for stoning. They bring him to try to get him off the hook. Not good, not good for the child at all. But then <clears throat> you have the second part of that, the New Testament sin against the grace of God, against the government of God and his commands and then the grace of God of how much or of punishments. Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant with which he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite to the spirit of grace. They are rejecting the son of God in verse 29 saw a punishment trodden under foot the son up there at Sydney the pro-Palestinians the first day after got the flag and burnt it and what did they do the the fire's burning what did they do what do you see them doing this when they really despise something they jumped all over the flag in the flames rubbing it into the dirt despising that's the likes of what people do who despise the sacrifice of the Lord and they're in pulpits around our country today calling themselves pastors and preachers and priests and so forth what sore punishment is due to those people they <clears throat> reject the son of God re- they refuse the salvation of God and verse 29 and hath counted the blood of the covenant with which he was sanctified an unholy thing it, it's like it sounds like he was sanctified and unholy the blood of Christ atones for who everybody he died for all And so that is a possibility, but have they appropriated that? They count it as an unholy thing, so they reject the Son of God, they refuse the salvation of God that comes through the Lord Jesus, and that they repudiate the Spirit of God and have done despite unto the Spirit of of grace. When the Lord comes to your heart and speaks to you and I about salvation, and you can remember that when you become a Christian, and you say no, no. We, we gave an illustration of someone I knew back, back some time ago. And, and I didn't say this about them. every time those three times that they were spoken to, they said, "I said no." I said no." And this time and, and, and the third time and I'm saying... No again. Doing desperate to the Spirit of grace is blaspheming God's Holy Spirit's work in your life. It's a serious, serious thing. Deliberate reprobation, the dire result is seen there. And I think this is paralleled in chapter 6, verse 6, and we haven't time to go there. Two more thoughts in the last part, or in verse 29, the despicable response. <laughs> there that we've already seen there in those three things and their dreaded recompense verse 30 and 31 for we know him that said vengeance belongeth unto me i will recompense saith the lord and again the lord shall judge his people so you have the formal judgment that's given here a dreaded recompense vengeance belongeth unto the Lord when you are wronged and when we are I am wronged who do we need to leave it up to to bring the judgment to God vengeance and when we try we will get the vengeance we want maybe but God won't do what he could have done far better than what we could have done in bringing that person around to either repentance or judgment I will recompense saith the Lord the Lord will judge his people and then you have a fearful judgment a formal judgment in verse 30 and a fearful judgment in verse 31 it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God remember this is the fourth warning and we've gone through that the deliberate reprobation no I don't believe a dire result, a despicable response and then a dreaded recompense. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. We could go back and talk about what's happened in Scripture to people that have got to that point. And here it's been pleaded with these people, don't go that way. And in both chapter 6 and this chapter here, there's an encouragement. God is long-suffering. There's still room to repent. There's still room to turn. There's still time to turn. But call to remembrance, he said, the former days in which after ye were illuminated. Remember back there, you're illuminated. Ye endured a great fight of afflictions. They had great detestation by those who in their family that said you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't believe that and we didn't believe it why are you believing it? our our leaders our spiritual leaders didn't follow why are you going that way they had a great fight of afflictions you're gonna waste all that that now you've been living 34 years as a Christian and throw all that away to go back to the world in the old way and the old religion partly while you were made gazing, gazing stock by both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly why become companions of them that were so used? People were looking on. Oh, well, they're suffering. Why did they even believe that? For ye had compassion on me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. See, there is hope. There is hope for those persons, that person, or maybe you, or I that have, you know... rejected what God is doing in our lives don't do that don't drift don't doubt don't become dull don't despise cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward there's a great reward for those that stick at it and believe the truth and go back to the former days remember the struggles they had as a Christian when they first got saved ye have need of patience as God does with us, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For a little while, yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's coming again, isn't he? This is the hope that's mentioned over and over again in Scripture. If things are getting tough and you seem to be not walking like you should be and you know you should be, then go back to the beginnings. Go back to where you got saved and start again and walk with the Lord and be assured of the things of God now the the just shall live by faith but if any man draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in him but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but them who believe to the saving of the soul I pray that you're that one and that you're continuing in the Lord's work if you've been challenged and you've been becoming dull and are drifting and you know and you're doubting come back to the lord he is long-suffering he's patient but don't test his patience he knows how much you know about the bible and the christian walk and he he'll say well they've had enough time come back to the lord let's pray thank you lord for your word and i pray that We as Christians would be warned, as the Gentiles are in Romans 2 and the Jews are in Hebrews, of walking away from that which we have believed. May the things of the Lord be exciting and encouraging and uplifting, and we're willing to share them with other people. And Lord, if we're drifting, bring us back. If we're walking away from the Father's house, as it were, draw us back before we get into the pig pen and into eternal condemnation. Bless your word to us and may we go out and go away testifying for the Lord in building up ourselves in our most holy faith. We ask in Jesus name.